Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of God's grace, which will empower you to change your world and live the overcoming life. Now, to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubinministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. What I want to talk about is I want to continue on the subject of eternal redemption, but I really want to get into this truth that forgiveness is a finished work, that the forgiveness of sins is is already a finished work. You see, most people, most believers have this idea that God is in the process of, of forgiving sins. In other words, you may think that uh, God is is forgiving you for something that you have done in the moment that you do it. You see, and so in other words, you're a believer and you mess up and, and, and then you think, well, well, God is, is forgiving you in that moment. Or you may think, well, God maybe is, is not forgiving me for that. You see, that's the issue because if you think that, that forgiveness is something that is continuously happening and that God has not forgiven you for all of your sins already, past, present, and future, if that is the, the perspective that you have, well, what happens as a result of that, guys, is that we will invariably fall back into a performance-based mindset. And the reason for that is, just think about this now, if God has not already forgiven you for all of your sins, friend, then, then, then what is he waiting for? You see, Jesus got on the cross 2,000 years ago. He, he's not getting on, on the cross again. And so if God has not already forgiven you for all of your sins, past, present, and future, you see, the only reason that it would not be a finished work would be if, if, God, for, if, if, if God forgiving you would be based on something that you do rather than it being based on what Jesus has already done. You guys are understanding that? And so that's really what I want you to see when we talk about the, the blessing versus the curse of the law, I want you to understand that under the curse of the law, forgiveness was something that people had to earn and deserve. You see, the, the, the goodness of God and the favor of God under the curse of the law was something that was works-based, whereas under the blessing, the covenant of, this gra of, of, of grace, <laughs> this covenant of grace, the blessing in this blessing this, this this covenant of grace i want you to understand that and this is radical guys i want you to understand that the way god deals with you now has absolutely nothing to do with your performance praise god you see god deals with you god has decided to deal with you a born-again child of god he has decided to deal with you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I want you to understand you struggling in a certain area of your life, you perhaps having a bad temper, you occasionally doing some, some stuff that you, you shouldn't be doing, you see. I want you to understand that that does not change how God deals with you in this covenant of grace. Now, are there consequences? For when we make uh, a stupid decision, of course, guys, 
there's consequences you see there's consequences that come as a result of sin uh, sin has negative consequences you see uh, there's consequences that come when we violate spiritual law because guys how many know there's such a thing as a spiritual law spiritual law not the law of moses spiritual law you see spiritual law one of the spiritual laws is that you have what you say you see you have what you say and so if you are continuously speaking unbelief if you are continuously uh, speaking words of doubt and negativity well then that's going to affect your life in a negative way but you see here's what religion has done guys religion has t has taken everything that happens praise god and and they have literally blame God for it. In other words, something bad happens. Oh, God must be angry with you. Oh, this person didn't get healed. It must have been because of that sin that they had in their lives. Guys, that is all wrong, you see. There's consequences for, for bad choices. There's spiritual laws that we have to comply with or that we can violate. You see, a, a law is a principle. It's like the law of gravity. You see, if a person walks off the edge of a, of a building, off the roof of a building, they're going to go down. But guys, is God punishing them for stepping off of the roof of that building? Or is it simply the, the law of gravity, uh, the, the consequence of, of them, in a sense, violating the law of gravity that is causing them to go down, you see? And so there's consequences when we don't speak faith. There's consequences when we live in sin. But you see, God, I want you to, I want you to get this, friend. God's love for you. God's mercy towards you, God's kindness towards you will not ever change with your behavior. You see, we got to be secure in this, guys, because that is the very foundation of this gospel. That's the very foundation for our lives as believers. Amen. If you understand that, say amen. And so let's lay the foundation here tonight again with our foundational scriptures, and we'll, we'll delve into this. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And if you are there, let's just once again read verses 13 and 14 out loud together. Ready, read. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so, once again, friend, notice that you have been redeemed from the curse and you have received the blessing. And remember our definition for the curse is the empowerment to fail. A person who's operating under the curse of the law is a person who's always struggling, always striving, always sweating, always performing to try to be okay with God. But it seems like no matter what you do, it's never enough. You see, there's always another setback. Whereas the, the uh, blessing is defined as the empowerment to prosper. You operating in the blessing as a born-again believer is you being set up for victory and success no matter what is coming against you, no matter how hard Satan tries, glory be to God, not, his, his best is not good enough, you see. You've got the victory, you see. That's, the, what's, that's what the blessing is. The reason you got the victory is not because of anything that you have done, glory to God. It's because of what Jesus already did 2,000 years ago, you see. And so the blessing is you being set up to prosper 
prosper, to overcome, to be victorious in every area of your life. And notice once again, it's not only the curse, it is the curse of the law. It is the curse of relating to God in this performance-based mentality. You see, where you think you got to do good to get good, and, and when you do bad, uh, you, you, you're going to get bad, you see. And like I said, there's consequences for making bad choices, but you see, how God deals with you doesn't change based on, 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 on the choices that you make. You guys following me? And so, you, we got to understand that. Now, what, we, what we're going to get into starting tonight and also this weekend is, is so crucial. You see, guys, when we start talking about this truth that forgiveness is a finished work, that all of our sins are already paid for, well, the reason that there's a lot of people in the body of Christ who don't believe that, the reason that seems kind of strange or alien perhaps to, to some of you is because you can find scriptures in the Bible that apparently would seem to contradict the truth that our sins are already forgiven. You see, when I say, well, all of your sins are already forgiven, somebody might say, well, but, 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 but Alex, doesn't the, the, the Lord's Prayer uh, tell us that we are to ask God to forgive our sins daily? Doesn't he say that in the Lord's Prayer? Well, guys, we're going to actually be looking at that tonight. We're going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer tonight. And, and what I really want to want to get you to see tonight is, is this importance, this importance, praise God, of, of, of rightly dividing the Word of God. You can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. You see, we are called to rightly divide the Word of God. Now, what does it mean to rightly divide the Word of God? It, it simply means this. It means that you can never take a scripture out of its context. You see, the reason that a lot of people think, well, our sins are not already automatically forgiven, the reason they think that is because there's certain scriptures that in, in, in the Bible. Uh, there's a scripture that says in First John, confess your sins and he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. And guys, there's entire denominations and religions that are built on this idea that in order for God to forgive you, you first got to confess your sins. Well, guys, that's not what that verse is talking about. And we'll be looking at that. Uh, probably not tonight. I might not get to, to that one tonight. We'll get to that next week. Praise God. But we are going to look at a whole number of scriptures that seem to be saying one thing. But then as we examine the context, guys, we're going to find that they're actually saying something something very different. And so let's look at this here in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. I want to read this in the King James and then in the Amplified Bible as well. He says here in verse 15, he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so guys, if we are to rightly divide the word of truth, I submit to you, it is also possible to wrongly divide the word of truth. Amen. Look at this in the uh, Amplified. Amplified verse 15 says, Study and be eager to do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed. Watch this now, guys. Correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, 
rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. And so we are called to rightly divide the word, to, to skillfully uh, teach the word, to correctly analyze it. Now, what is that talking about, guys? That's simply talking about this. As I said, you can't just pull any verse of scripture out of the Bible. You see, we must understand that there are certain things that are in the Bible that are that are true, that are in scripture, but that they, they do not necessarily apply to us today. Now, don't get me wrong, the Bible is the, the inerrant Word of God. It is the inspired Word of God, the Old and the New Testament. But guys, you want to understand that there were certain things that were true under the law of Moses that are not true under the grace and truth that came by Jesus. You see, as I said, under the Old Covenant, God would forgive you if you first forgave everybody else. And we're going to look at that tonight, guys. But you see, under this new covenant, forgiveness is already a finished work. Look at John, St. John chapter 1, verse 17. St. John chapter 1, verse 17. And so as we rightly divide the word of truth, you see, it's so important to realize, guys, that the worst thing that anybody could ever do and I've heard people say this, is, is, is the worst thing that anybody could ever do is just tell someone, well, just open the Bible and just start reading anywhere. You know, <laughs> anybody ever heard that before, guys? Uh, especially you're, you're telling this to a new believer. Well, you know, just somebody says, well, should I start? Well, just open the Bible, just start reading anywhere. Well, hold on, guys. Is it? I told you the gospel is the good news. Okay, that's good news. But how many know, guys? There's also some some bad news in this Bible as well, is a, <laughs> and, and, and so when you when you read this word, when you study this word, you want to take that into consideration. You see, you can't just pull any verse of scripture out of context and then build a doctrine on that, guys. And so as we as we study the word, it's important that we look at who is as you read a, a verse is that it's important that we look at who's doing the talking uh who are they talking to uh, what is the situation that this is being said in like i said we're going to do that tonight with the lord's prayer i'm going to show you that the lord's prayer guys the lord's prayer is not a new covenant prayer and i'm going to show you this tonight but look at this here First, praise God. I want to I want to set this up also as our foundation here. Uh, St. John chapter 1 verse 17 says this. He says, "For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ." And so what you see here is two sides, a distinction that's being made between the law that came by Moses and the grace and truth that came by Jesus. And remember guys, the law of Moses is not the blessing we read that earlier, the law of Moses, it, it said the curse of the law is <laughs> it. And so you just, you want to distinguish now, as we're looking at the word, what is the law of Moses? What's, what's part of the law of Moses as we read scripture? And what is true under the grace and truth by Jesus? You see, there's things that were true under the law that are not true under grace. There's things that are true under the curse of the law that are no longer true under the blessing, you see. And notice too, you got the law on one side, but grace and truth, glory to God, are on the other side. And guys, I submit to you, it's not grace plus the truth, no. You see, grace is the truth, I want you to understand. 
Praise God. Grace is the truth, and, 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 and grace is not a curriculum, guys. It's not a subject matter. No, grace is a person. You see, the Bible says in the same chapter, in verse 14, talking about Jesus being full of grace and truth. And so, grace is a person. His name is Jesus, guys. And so, and so you want to take that into consideration as you look at the Word of God. You guys following me? And so let's get into this tonight. Let's get started with this. Let's let's talk about this subject of forgiveness and let's contrast what forgiveness looks like under the law by Moses and what it looks like under the grace by Jesus. Turn to uh, turn to Matthew, Matthew's gospel, chapter five, verses seventeen and eighteen. Matthew 5, verses 17 and 18. And guys, I believe people are going to be set free. You see, a lot of error that's being taught is, is really just people not taking into consideration <laughs> this, this truth that we got to rightly divide the Word of God. You see, a, a lot of whole denominations, as I said earlier, are based on, on this on a certain interpretation that somebody had about a certain verse of scripture. And, and really, when you examine that, guys, the truth is that in most cases, something was not rightly divided. And so let's really get into this, man. Let's, let's get into this. This is our Bible study. Let's study the Bible. Amen. Uh, you're going to learn something here tonight, guys. It's, it's going to be it's going to be powerful. Look at this here, Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. And I'm going to now show you an example of, of something that has to be rightly divided. Now, this is Jesus speaking. And let me tell you this too, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Most people don't understand. Most people do not realize that, that during Jesus' earthly ministry, the old covenant was still in place. You see, you see, if you ask the average person, well, when, where in the Bible does the New Testament start? Most people would say that Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. You see, and, and the reason we think that is if you're in Matthew 5, if you just flip a few pages over, right before the book of Matthew in your Bible, <laughs> there's a dividing page between Malachi and Matthew, and the page says the New Testament. As you see, guys, that was added by the publishers. <laughs> you see, that was not in the original uh, Greek or, or Hebrew. That was not really there, that divide between Malachi and Matthew. And so, guys, what I'm here to tell you is that the New Testament does not start until the book of Romans. Praise God. You see, and I'm going to show you that in Scripture tonight, you see, because the, 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 the old covenant, you see, testament and covenant, that you can use those words inter interchangeably, the old covenant of law, I want you to understand, was still in full effect until Jesus would die on the cross, you see. And I'm going to show you that uh, in, in a moment here tonight. Uh, praise God, I just want you to, um, to be aware of that. I want you to be aware of that that uh, everything that you see, and this is why you can't just take anything, you know, and say, well, it's, it's, it's in red, well, Jesus said it, and so if Jesus said it, well, then it must automatically apply 
to us today, well, guys, you see, if that was true, if everything would just apply to us today, well, guys, you know, in the same uh, book of Matthew here, Jesus said, well, if your hands offend you, cut them off, guys, you see. And so if all of that applies to us today, if that's how we're supposed to be living today, guys, let me ask you, why do you still have your hands? Is a... <laughs> During the, during praise and worship, we wouldn't be doing this. No, it would be like this, you know. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? A whole lot of hands would have been cut off, you see. And so you can't just take anything that the Bible says and just take that as something that you're supposed to do today, even if it was said by Jesus. You guys with me? And so look at this here. This is Jesus speaking, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 17. And uh, he says this here in verse 17, he says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Verse 18, he says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot and one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now, guys, this is a verse that must be rightly divided. Now, if you just read this verse, if you just read this verse, what it sounds like he's saying is, is he says, I haven't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And so I've heard people say, guys, I've, I've heard ministers say, well, Jesus didn't come to, to, to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And so that must mean that we're still supposed to keep the law. Well, guys, that's wrong. You see, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying that new covenant believers are under the law. No, what he's saying is <laughs> is exactly what, he, what we just read. He is saying that he has come to fulfill the law. And so watch this again. He says uh, in verse 18, he says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot and one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. And so he said, the law is going to be in full effect. The law is going to be in full effect until it be fulfilled. Well, if you back up to verse 17, Jesus just said he's come to fulfill the law. And so what is Jesus saying? He's saying, well, the law is still in effect until it's fulfilled. You see, guys, how many know Jesus came into the world to perfectly fulfill the law of Moses? You see, he did what we couldn't do, praise God. He kept that law perfectly. And so this was a legal requirement that was made. You see, we were talking about the legal right to operate in the blessing in the previous uh, videos. And so, and so I want you to understand that at the time that Jesus said these words, there was no legal right to do away with the law. And so what I'm saying is this, guys, that the law of Moses is still in full effect until Jesus fulfills the law and really until Jesus dies on the cross. And so you wanna take that into consideration. Look at Galatians chapter three, verse 19. Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. Praise God. And let me say this too, guys. Uh, Jesus said, I haven't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And I, I really want you guys also to understand, I feel, thank you, Lord, that it's important for me to emphasize that at no point, guys, do I want you to ever think that we are talking bad about the law. Uh, you know, sounds like you know, we're saying the law is the uh, curse. Well, it sounds like, whoa, this guy's anti-law. No, guys, you see, the law, there's nothing wrong with the law. In fact, the Bible says the law is holy. 
You see, the law is perfect. And so we're not talking bad about the law, but as I keep saying, guys, you want to understand why the law was given. You see, the law was given to set up an impossible standard. The law was given to show us that we need help, that we need a savior. And so the law, the law is a curse, <laughs> not because it's bad. No, the law is a curse because it's good and it's doing exactly what it needs to do, which is to bring us to an end of ourselves, which is to bring us to a point of understanding, man, I can never get right with God through my performance. I need some help here, you see. And so that's the purpose of the law. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. To learn more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. Now I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. And I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.